start something new, rather start making something. We all have one friend who says, I had the idea for eBay. If only I had acted on it, I'd be a billionaire. That logic is pathetic and delusional. Having the idea for eBay has nothing to do with actually creating eBay. What you do is what matters, not what you think or say or plan. Think your idea is that valuable? Then go to try to sell it and see what you get for it. Not much is probably the answer. Until you actually start making something, your brilliant idea is just that, an idea. And everyone's got one of those. Stanley Kubrick gave his advice to aspiring aspiring filmmakers. Get hold of a camera and some film and make a movie of any kind at all. Kubrick knew that when you're new at something, you need to start creating. The most important thing is to begin. So get a camera. Hit record and start shooting. Ideas are cheap and plentiful. The original pitch idea is such a small part of a business that it's almost negligible. The real question is how well you execute. No time is no excuse. The most common excuse people give, there's not enough time. They claim they'd love to start a company, learn an instrument, market an invention, write a book or whatever, but there's just aren't enough hours in the day. Come on, there's always enough time if you spend it right. And don't think you have to quit your day job either. Hang on to it and start working on your project at night. Instead of watching TV or playing World of Warcraft, work on your idea. Instead of going to bed at 10, go to bed at 11. We're not talking about all-nighters or 16-hour days. We're talking about squeezing out a few extra hours a week. That's enough time to get something going. Once you do that, you'll learn whether your excitement and interest is a real or just a passing phase. If it doesn't pan out, you just keep going to work every day like you've just been doing all along. You didn't risk or lose anything other than a bit of time, and it's no big deal. When you want something bad enough, you make the time, regardless of your other obligations. The truth is, most people just don't want it bad enough. They Then they protect their ego with the excuse of time. Don't let yourself off the hook with excuses. It's entirely your responsibility to make your dreams come true. Besides, the perfect time never arrives. You're always too young, or old, or busy, or broke, or something else. If you constantly fret about timing things perfectly, they'll never happen. Draw a line on the sand. As you get going, keep in mind why you're doing what you're doing. Great businesses have a point of view, not just a product or service. You have to believe in something. You need to have a backbone. You need to know what you're willing to fight for. And then you need to show the world. 
A strong stand is how you attract superfans. They point to you and defend you, and they spread the word further, wider, and more passionately than any advertising could. Strong opinions aren't free. You'll turn some people off. They'll, they'll accuse you of being arrogant and aloof. That's life. For everyone who loves you, there will be others who hate you. If no one's upset by what you're saying, you're probably not pushing hard enough. And you're probably boring too. Lots of people hate us because of our products do less than the competitions. They're insulted when we refuse to include their pet future. But we're just as proud of what our products don't do as we are of what they do. We design them to be simple because we believe most software is too complex, too many futures, too many buttons, too many confusion. So we build software that's the opposite of that. If what we make isn't, for, isn't right for everyone, that's okay. We're willing to lose some customers if it means that others love our products intensely. That's our line in the sand. When you don't know what you believe, everything becomes an argument. Everything is debatable. But what you stand for, when you stand for something, decisions are obvious. For example, Whole Foods stands for selling the highest quality natural and organic products available. They don't waste time deciding over and over again what's appropriate. No one asks, should we sell the, this product that has artificial flavors? There's no debate. The answer is clear. That's why you can't buy a Coke or a Snickers there. This belief means the food is more expensive at Whole Foods. Some haters even call it Whole Paycheck and make fun of those who shop there. I, I used to call them that. But so what? Whole Foods is doing pretty damn well. Another example is Vinny's Sub Shop, just down the street from our office in Chicago. They put this homemade basil oil on subs that's just perfect. You better show up on time though, ask when they do close, and the woman behind the counter will respond, we close when the bread runs out. Really? Yeah, we get our bread from the bakery down the street early in the morning, when it's the freshest. Once we run out, usually around 2 or 3 p.m., we close up shop. We could get more bread later in the day, but it's not as good as a fresh-baked bread in the morning. There's no point in selling a few more sandwiches if the bread isn't good. A few bucks isn't going to make up for selling food we can't be proud of. Wouldn't you recommend, wouldn't you rather eat at a place like that instead of some generic sandwich chain? Hmm. Hmm. Mission Statement Impossible there's a world of difference between truly standing for something and having a mission statement that says you stand for something. You know, those providing the best service signs that are created just to be posted on a wall. The ones that sound phony and disconnected from reality. Imagine you're standing in a rental car office. The room's cold, the carpet is dirty, there is no one at the counter. And then you see a tattered piece of paper with some clip art at the top of it pinned to a bulletin board. It's a mission statement. Our mission is to fulfill the automotive and commercial truck rental, leasing, car sales, and 
related needs of our customers in and in doing so exceed their expectations for service quality and value. We will arrive to earn our customers' long-term loyalty by working to deliver more than promised, being honest and fair and going the extra mile to provide exceptional personalized service that creates a pleasing business experience. We must motivate our employees to provide exceptional service to our customers by supporting their development, providing opportunities for personal growth, and fairly compensating them for their successes and achievements. And it drones on. And you're sitting there, reading this crap, and wondering, what kind of idiot do they take me for? The words on the paper are clearly disconnected from the reality of the experience. It's like when you're on on hold, and a recorded voice comes on telling you how much the company values you as a customer, really? Then maybe you should have some more support people so I don't have to wait 30 minutes to get help. Or just say nothing, but don't give me an automated voice that's telling me how much you care about me. It's a robot. I know the difference between genuine affection and a robot that's programmed to say nice things. Standing for something isn't just about writing it down. It's about believing it and living it. Outside money is plan Z. One of the first questions that you'll probably ask, where's the seed money going to come from? Far too often, people think the answer is to raise money from outsiders. If you're building something like a factory or a restaurant, then you may need that outside cash. But a lot of companies don't need expensive infrastructure, especially these days. We're in a service economy now. Service businesses, uh, for example, consultants, software companies, wedding planners, graphic designers, and hundreds of others, don't require much to get going. If you're running a business like that, avoid outside funding. In fact, no matter what kind of business you're starting, take on as little outside cash as you can. Spending other people's money may sound great, but there's a noose attached. Here's why. You give up control. When you turn to outsiders for funding, you have to answer to them too. That's fine at first when everyone agrees, but what happens down the road? Are you starting your own business to take orders from someone else? Raise money and that's what you'll wind up doing. Cashing out begins to trump building a quality business. Investors want their money back, and quickly, usually three to five years. Long-term sustainability goes out the window when those involved only want to cash out as soon as they can. Spending other people's money is addictive. There's nothing easier than spending other people's money. But then you run out and then need to go back for more. And every time you go back, they they take more of your company. It's usually a bad deal. When you're just beginning, you have no leverage. That's a terrible time to enter into a financial transaction. Customers move down the totem pole. You wind up building what investors want instead of what your customers want. Raising money is incredibly distracting. 
Seeking funding is difficult and draining. It takes months of pitch meetings, legal maneuvering, contracts, etc. That's an enormous distraction when you should really be focusing on building something great. It's just not worth it. We hear over and over from businesses owners who have gone down this road and regret it. They usually give a variation in the investment hangover story. First, you get that quick investment buzz, but then you start having meetings with your investors and or board of directors, and you're like, oh man, what have I gotten myself into? Now someone else is calling the shots. Before you stick your head in that noose, look for another way.